Hi, everybody, and welcome back to our weekly fireside chat series here at Digital Capital Advisors. Uh, I'm Andrew Daniel. I'm a senior investment banker on the team. Uh, Digital Capital Advisors, for those of you who don't know at this point, is an investment bank. We've got offices in New York City, Berlin, and San Francisco. Uh, the bank has now just celebrated its 10-year anniversary here in the first week of September, and in this show is part of that celebration. Uh, the Fireside Chat series uh, features hour-long conversations with world-class founders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and, and operators from companies that we find interesting out in the ecosystem. Uh, today, we've got a great guest from a company called Job Rapido. Uh, we'll be talking quite a bit about the job tech space, recruiting tech space, and everything around that ecosystem. Uh, Rob, we're really excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And uh, I just heard you uh, had your 10-year anniversary, so congr congratulations with that. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We, uh, as I joke about every beginning of the show, we really wanted to have a celebration. As you know, our office is up on the 76th floor of the Empire State Building. So our hope was to have a good time up there um, and celebrate the anniversary. But with COVID, obviously, that's, uh, that's off the deck for at least this year. Maybe, maybe virtual. <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite as much fun, but, uh, but perhaps. Um, awesome. Well, let's get started. I think for usually it would be great to start and get some grounding on Job Rapido and hear a little about the business, perhaps the story and evolution of how you've gotten to where you guys are today. It'd be great to hear a little bit about the technology and the USPs that you think about and, and generally just set kind of the table for folks to think about the business and the sector we're going to talk a little bit more about. Sure. So, so let me start. Yeah, um, I, I'm a Dutchman in, in Italy. Uh, I, live, I live in Italy. Uh, I'm lucky to, uh, to live in Milano as a Dutchman uh, uh, because Job Rapido is really in, uh, in, uh, an Italian success story. Uh, it started back in 2006 as an uh, online job search engine and a job aggregator with a monetization model really based on arbitrage. Um, we aggregated all jobs on the web, uh, acquired volume traffic, low prices, uh, of course, and then monetized through AdSense. Uh, basically, we had one, uh, one client and one, uh, one uh, supplier, uh, Google and Google. So uh, that was the business model. And it was quite successful back in the days. The value of aggregation was still high. And... Um, uh, the business business model was actually so successful that uh, over the course of about uh, six years, seven years, uh, the, we rolled out to 58 countries uh, all over the world. Um, and every time we rolled out uh, to a new country, we hired uh, a young new student uh, uh, in Milan in the office. Um, uh, the person became uh, uh, became the country manager of uh, of the new country that we rolled out, and uh, that's why we still today have uh, about 20 different nationalities in the company um, to have the language skills there. And uh, the people stay there; they stick around in Milan because it's a good, good place. Of course, over the years, the, the company didn't uh, um, we didn't build much a relationship with employers because it was a, a an advertising model. So, but it, it created very interesting uh, set of assets uh, for building a recruitment model. Um, uh, the skill of aggregation uh, of jobs on, on the web, which was back then quite revolutionary, um, provided a huge amount of jobs on site. So any, at any given time that you went to the website, uh, you could find 20 million jobs. Uh, there were about 55 million registered users because to look for to look uh, to get the uh, advantage of searching uh, uh, jobs on the website, you needed to register, uh, and those people received uh, millions of emails every day. Uh, we did about a billion in traffic in a year, and um, uh, but but there was no legacy in recruitment, and obviously that triggered the interest of uh, a lot of uh, uh, strategic players and also investors. And back in 2014, 
the company was acquired by Symphony Technology Group, uh, the current owner of the of the company and uh, uh, P, the PE fund that uh, that I work with. Um, and the vision was really to build a valuable talent acquisition model uh, on top of these uh, these uh, interesting assets that I just named. Uh, that's also when I started my journey with JobRapido. Uh, I joined in 2015 uh, after I worked 12 years at, uh, at Monster.com. Um, and I had the assignment to build a valuable talent acquisition model uh, on top of those assets, uh, as I just said. And, and that was um, uh, the start of a, a big transformation of the business from an arbitrage advertising model into what uh, we are today. Um, and that arbitrage advertising model was, was really dying at the, at the moment in time. The, the, the value of aggregation obviously was not, not there anymore and uh, it was all about quality and, uh, and the transaction. So uh, we needed to be quick. Um, just to jump forward what we are today, today we are collecting all quality jobs on the, on the, on the web. Uh, we, we extended our crawling uh, uh, capabilities uh, extensively and uh, uh, that is one of our key uh, uh, core skills that we that we have developed here and we make all those quality jobs available to the job seekers uh, but we only deliver them uh, the most relevant ones and we, we use uh, state-of-the-art uh, uh, search and matching uh, techniques and, 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 uh, and our taxonomy based uh, matching engine for that uh, we use the newest digital marketing techniques to deliver our clients traffic, but also candidates on demand. So um, it's not they don't have to search in the CV database. They don't have to post uh, uh, jobs and then uh, uh, wait for the applies to come in. Uh, we deliver them the candidates. And I will tell you a little bit more about it, uh, that later. And that makes it all easier. We say that we, we, we basically take the work out of looking for work. Um, uh, we're now uh, uh, we have our headquarters in Milan. Uh, we conduct uh, business conduct businesses in 58 countries. Uh, we opened uh, recently some offices in Amsterdam and London. Uh, we have people on the ground in Germany as well. Um, we have uh, just before COVID, we had about 30 million jobs on site. Uh, with that, uh, we uh, rank uh, number one in the world of the aggregators, uh, far ahead of uh, players like Indeed or uh, any other ones. Um, and from a traffic perspective, we rank among uh, the top uh, thousand uh, in the world, uh, about number five in the category of jobs with 55 million uh, visits a month. And then uh, we have a very large uh, registered user base, which are now fully profiled. And I will t tell you a little bit more about that as well. Uh, they're pro profiled based upon behavior. So we don't have CVs. We, we, we store all their behavior data. Uh, and about 65% of those are, are active on a daily, uh, weekly, or monthly basis uh, throughout the year. Um, and every month we add about 1 million of uh, new users to the community. Uh, that's why we could uh, reach the, the number so quickly. Uh, uh, that's now 100 million users on our side. We, we, we are a real technology company at heart. Uh, we're in the business of algorithms, uh, keywords, and semantic search. So. Uh, um, that's uh, that's in a nutshell what we uh, what we are today. Well, thank you for that. I think that sets a good base as we're going to have our conversation from here. I think what might be an interesting starting point after knowing a little bit more about the business is now to think about the evolution of the broader space, right? You think about job technology, recruiting technology, whatever you want to categorize it. And I think you you hinted on it in the own, the own evolution of Job Rapido, which is we went from a world which was arbitrage driven for the most part, uh, thinking about a very small spread on, on Google on two sides for the most part, um, into kind of a, a more of a crawl model, an aggregation model, um, and monetization shifted as well with regards to how monetization is done. And I think today we've ultimately evolved into platforms, and Job Rapido is on the forefront of this, of leveraging technologies to better understand 
A, applicants, right? And what we can know about the applicant beyond just looking at a CV and trying to match accordingly. You mentioned behavior, but also understanding job posts um, and how to ultimately match those two parties together in a highly efficient way. And so it'd be great to get your take on the evolution of the space as we think more broadly and, and perhaps where we're now today and what the ecosystem looks like beyond just job rapida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, so if you if you look at the evolution of uh, of online recruitment, uh, uh, it all started it all started with uh, moving uh, the jobs from the newspaper online and uh, uh, and and duration based based posting. Uh, you, you posted a job and you waited until uh, people were reacting uh, and, and 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 applying. Uh, we call that post and pray. You post a job, you pray that you get candidates. And um, th- that is something that uh, went on for a very long time until uh, some smart cookies came to the market and uh, said, "Hey, you know what? With us, you don't have to uh, you don't have to pay for the job posting. You only pay for the performance that you get from the job posting, and that's the right. kick." And um, and then and and it's following a little bit the, the shopping and the travel 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 industry, and uh, uh, so everything became sort of performance based because you started to pay per click. Um, but it didn't do the trick fully for what the customers want uh, because, you know, you cannot hire a click. Um, you can hire a candidate. So that was the mismatch also that we recognized in the marketplace and said, um, uh, listen, you know, what companies want is uh, uh, qualified candidates to, uh, to hire and what they can buy is uh, duration-based postings and, uh, and, uh, and pay-per-click uh, uh, models, uh, which is all post and pray. And and I think that um, um, three years ago, that that switch was made in the market. That hey, we, we need to start looking at uh, connecting uh, our hiring funnel to the to the apply, and um, and that was the, the the first step in the evolution. And we we recognized that uh, as well. But we we went a little bit further uh, from that perspective. And um, one day, uh, one of my guys in the team said, "Hey, listen." When you look at the experience that uh, that a job seeker has on, on a job board um, and compare that to uh, um, the experience you have on, on, on an online shopping site like Amazon, uh, it's it's a world of difference. Sure. Uh, why, why can I not have a, uh, why can I not have an Amazon experience when I'm looking for a job? And uh, if you think of Amazon, uh, you think of uh, of all all products. Uh, um, uh, which come from their own uh, warehouse, but also from third parties. And uh, you think of, of all consumers uh, that, are, that are coming there. I don't know, what is it? This uh, 80% of people in the U.S. buy uh, via Amazon. Um, um, but you only receive the most relevant content. And, and, it, and, and, and you're not being, being um, hassled by, by um, retargeting and that kind of stuff. Because... Amazon knows what you want, and um, the checkout is very, very easy. It's very easy to pay. It's very easy to to buy uh, um, uh, buy a product and then get it delivered at your house. So with that idea, we thought, okay, we are already an aggregator. We have all jobs on the internet, so that's a good match. On the other hand, we have a massive amount of job seekers that we bring together, uh, but the big pain in the marketplace is finding the right job and having the right match and get them delivered to you. So why don't we create that? And that is uh, um, the big step, I think, forward up the hiring funnel uh, that you get your 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 jobs delivered on demand, and we do that through email. So uh, every day we send about 20 million emails to uh, to job seekers. Um, 
which amounts to 600 million emails a month. Uh, and they are job alerts and they, they, they get the, the jobs that they want in their inbox. And they're all based, those matches are all based upon uh, their intent. Sure. So we, we, create, we created a taxonomy of jobs. Uh, on the one hand, we classified all jobs uh, uh, against the taxonomy. Uh, then we take the, 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 the job seekers and we profile them to the taxonomy based upon their click behavior uh, and their search terms. And we start sending them only relevant jobs. And that's a big, big difference on where we're coming from because there was, um, you, you know, you post the job, you, it's all uh, duration based. It's a keyword match. Uh, uh, um, nothing is stored. Everything is CV to, hey, Let's let's copy the experience of the shopping world or the travel world, or the travel uh, environment, and make sure that you only get relevant data at the moment that you want it. And that is the evolution that that we are going through right now. And I think it's going to go up uh, all the way to the higher on the month. But uh, that's where we uh, see the the whole trajectory going. Yeah, and we can talk about where we think we're headed beyond that in a second or in a couple of minutes. But um, you know, for me, the the innovation that you guys have built is really about very much what you're hinting at, which is. We go from a place which was kind of spray and pray, post and pray, send everything out, not very targeted, highly inefficient for enterprise, highly inefficient for the end consumer, the actual job E, right, person looking for the job, into a world where if we can begin to build a customer data understanding, thinking about both sides, right, thinking about the job post and what the ideals are of that job post, what is it really looking for if you peel back the layer, and sometimes that's more than just the language, and then two, more importantly, what can we understand about the job seeker? And I think there's a significant expansion that needs to exist there. And I think you guys are on the forefront of it. Of It's beyond just, okay, here's what their CV looks like. Here's the kinds of roles they might be interested in. But instead, their intent, their behavior, their characteristics, their preferences, it's a very broad array. And for us, you know, when you merge those two worlds together, you get to exactly what you're talking about, which is the optionality to give somebody out of an aggregator site, which again, the challenge of aggregation sometimes is, there's so much, it's really hard to cut it. And so you get this difficulty of delivery. And I think we see key players in the marketplace all the time struggle with this, giving really bad suggestions, doing a poor job of giving hiring managers the ability to match with candidates. Maybe LinkedIn's an example. Right? There are others as well that have struggled. But if you can understand the, the job seeker, right, the end customer, very powerful stance to begin with and very valuable as a database and the more customized you can get with them, the higher your fill rate, the higher the ability to go place exactly. people, the higher the quality of candidate when they get to interview. And, and as I think about the measurement of platforms like JobRapido, you know, scale is really important, agreed. I think scale is more important now than it's ever been before because the scale can be monetized. Back in the days of pure R-based or pay-per-click, the scale is a little bit more difficult to monetize. We see this all the time with advertising-based businesses and different sectors who come to me and say, look, we're the largest business in this space by a mile, but we're only doing a little bit of monetization because it's hard to, to fill our, our ad spots. But for, for job seeking and platforms and aggregators, it's a little bit easier to connect those dots. Um, two, I think it's, it's really about the idea that you, know, you have scale, now we need to understand how to get people to value that scale, right? And one of the ways is to cut the database down into something that's much more concise and targeted, I think you guys have done. And then lastly, where I think the measurement component is, it's really important is, you know, what is the quality for the hire, right? The folk who's actually posting the job and we get them a candidate and say, okay, here is your applicant. Can we demonstrate that that quality of applicant is significantly higher and we're able to get it to them more efficiently and faster? And if you can, then that's a wonderful recipe for monetization that many have tried to kind of go execute against but have struggled because when it comes to the interview, they find that candidate maybe isn't a fit or it's a slower process or it's the wrong one, whatever it might be. And so 
that that's how we think about the broad spectrum. Yeah. I think yeah. you go ahead, sorry, we yeah. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. I was just confirming. Yeah. No, no, it is it is absolutely absolutely right. And um and we see that happening that um our conversion rates are much higher. Uh, but if you think about it, all, all companies that are serious about hiring have applicant tracking systems, but they can only start measuring from the moment that they get the applicant. Exactly. And then it goes into the funnel, you know, they measure the, the conversion to, uh, to interviewing uh, or inviting to interview interviews uh, and then uh, um, offerings, et cetera, and all the way up the funnel. And we see that, that, that those uh, uh, parts of the funnel, we, re we really optimize. Um, the cool thing about, th this is only about the, the matching, right? So um, making sure that we, we only deliver the, the, the right jobs to the candidate and then the right, the right candidates to the employer. But what the, what the community allows, and it's a profiled community with first party data, which is us, you know, we have click behavior, we have their search statement, sure. but then we, have, then we have enriched that, that data with third party data. Um, so that we can build a real programmatic, uh, um, a real programmatic uh, uh, offering, which means that you can go beyond uh, uh, targeting only on uh, the, the the intent data, but now you know uh, more demographic data, um, uh, which you can add to your to your audience targeting. Um, so you can you can post your job, but you can also use our text slots on on on. Uh, uh, on, on our search engine result page, which uh, uh, which uh, you can very targeted uh, uh, go after audiences that you want, which you normally cannot do on a job board or on an aggregator, but you can do on, on Google or you can go on uh, on Facebook. Um, so we have display advertising that is that is also facilitating the branding, very targeted on audiences and all. All on the hundred million people that are in our in our community, uh, all profiled from that perspective. What happens then is that uh, if you look at the companies that um, that uh, um, uh, have a recruitment budgets, thirty percent of that recruitment budget normally goes to um, um, to job boards, but fifty percent, uh, forty to fifty percent goes to the over the top players right. um, for very targeted campaigning. And we have never ever been able, and me and Monster, uh, uh, we've never been able or, or anywhere else to open up that uh, the budget. Uh, now that we have the the the, the programmatic offering, you open up that budget as well. And the thing is that you know, if you're talking about USPs, you said you want to hear something about users USPs. Um, even against uh, Google and 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 and, and Facebook. Um, you can, in a very protected environment where you don't have any competition, which you have obviously when you do that via the other players, uh, you can target audiences very, very, uh, very, very sharply. And um, uh, obviously that is uh, very attractive in the whole mix of uh, doing your recruitment campaigning. And then the, the last piece, because now we have, I call that active campaigning because you know I, I just use... Uh, uh, my emails to go out uh, uh, on demand to uh, to the job seekers and driving as many candidates as the as the client wants from the places at the level they want it. I uh, use the the text advertising uh, that is very targeted on our profit community and the display. But then I obviously need to make sure that offer and demand um, uh, or supply and demand is is being connected, and that is where I go outside and do my traffic acquisition and my candidate acquisition. Uh, and I use my taxonomy for that as well. 
and there I match the, the, the offer and demand. So you get a you get a platform which is fully fully rounded and 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 and, and self uh, uh, self provisioning. You know that's uh, um, well the whole core of the of the business model. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that is totally a copy of what's happening in the shopping world. No, absolutely. And one of the things you talked about a lot on the show, we've had a number of CDPs on customer data platforms. And for me, what you're describing feels and looks a lot like an early version of a customer data platform, right? But I think this is where skill and scale fits in, right? So as we think about the broader stacks, we just step back and think about advertising technology or marketing technology and large first party data sets, you ultimately have the walled gardens, right? So you've got the Googles, you've got the Amazons, you've got the Facebooks of the world. And the advantage they have is they have really large data scale, right? And then they can go do whatever they like with that data scale. That data scale, though, is fairly focused. It's on the use case. So Facebook has a particular use case. Amazon, is a simple example, has lots of e-commerce data, what folks are shopping for. Uh, you know, Google might have something else, whatever it might be. When you come into job seekers and you come into platforms and aggregators and recruitment tools, that's a very specific data set that you're capturing. But what happens is with the scale that you're operating at and traffic scale, uh, profile scale, the amount of MAUs that you guys operate at, it begins to build this very interesting first party mini walled garden, if you will, that the yeah. data becomes highly viable. And you know, this again, I mentioned LinkedIn earlier, this is what LinkedIn sells all day long, is they talk about, look, we really understand a lot of data points about the end customer in a commercial corporate setting because we have all their profiles on LinkedIn and there's some value there. And they've tried to take that targeting data and move it towards jobs with mixed avail. But for me, what you're describing is that aggregation component, right? And that, that for us, as I talk about all the time, is, is increasingly commoditized. In this space, it's less commoditized because there's not as many people who have the data scale to even do the aggregation because the first party data is so difficult. So there's more value there that exists. But yeah. you can pull that data in. You talk about enriching it. There's lots of additional data to add to it in a safe way that builds out the profile for you. What you end up having is this really interesting base of, hey, effectively a customer profile, right? A persistent yep. customer profile to say, look, here's exactly what I know about this person. Forget the idea of just looking at their CV. Here's everything else you want to know about them. And that informs your ability to derive, which we really care about and talk about all the time, actionable insight, right? And once you have the actionable insight, and this is a difficult layer, and this is where I think LinkedIn has struggled, if you can build the actionable insight layer and say, now I've got this data, here's where I might use AIML, here's where I might use some kind of informed decision making, I can then tell you when I go out in my, my site, I can match the right folks, right? And we take it to execution. And in yeah. platforms like JobRapido, you know, the execution is much closer than what you see in the open web setting of a traditional CDP. And so you end up building this use case that goes from proprietary data aggregation with first party data that's really valuable and the scales correlating to that first party data value through to execution and matching, which then benefits the other side of the equation. And so again, for me, it's this very interesting combination that feels like a small CDP almost but has lots of opportunity to grow because ultimately there's so many more actionable insights that can be generated to get better at targeting. And in theory, if you're leveraging AIML, you should be able to get smarter over time anyway. So that, that to me is the crux of your business that is really exciting. And what yeah. it tells me is if there were more resources available, right, whatever that scale might be, of course I'm a banker, so I think like this, maybe there's even a greater opportunity to take that and run with it and move in every direction. So again, that, that's how I think about the business and really what makes you unique, kind of the central crux, and what's interesting in the broader ecosystem as well. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's all about automation because I don't think we need uh, more, uh, more, more, more resources uh, from that perspective. But uh, um, the, the automation, in the end, if you, if you can really connect uh, uh, all the three pieces together and make the machine in an automated way work, because there's there's a lot of yield management that needs to be done. There's a lot of uh, uh, campaign. There, we we are basically also an agency inside, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> but the automation is really the core of everything, and uh, um, and, and we we move that. That's why when during during COVID period of five months, we really moved uh, ahead uh, very very fast on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. And how do you think about kind of the the key of technology? So maybe you can dive in a little bit on how you guys are, are using technology inside of that equation that I laid out, and and maybe some of the the technologies that you guys are using, particularly as it comes to that actual insights and matching. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, well, yeah, the core of everything is our is our taxonomy, that uh, taxonomy based, based matching, where we use Elasticsearch uh, for for making that happen. Um, we are now almost in uh, in, in the Google Cloud. Uh, most of okay. our data is in, in the Google Cloud, and that helps a lot because. Um, the world of uh, uh, AI opens up and every bit, everything becomes easy. Um, we, we use a lot of machine learning, uh, obviously, because uh, if you, uh, for instance, we, we use, um, uh, for ranking our jobs uh, on the website, um, this was a really nice trick. Um, we needed to marry um, the relevance with the monetization. And... In, you know, on the surface, it looks that it bites each other. You want to show the, uh, the highest paid job first. Um, but that's not necessarily the most relevant job. So if you go to pure relevance, you don't make money. So we went to, uh, to something that we called the RPI ranking, revenue per impression. And uh, because the impression uh, um, shown makes yeah. a click to rate. And, and then you go to revenue per impression. And you learn from every click. And, and basically, the job after two, three days is fully optimized. You know what the, the revenue per impression is, and that's how the ranking is being generated. Yeah, and, and, and so you, you don't sacrifice uh, relevance for, for, reven for, for, right. for revenue, right? It's, 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 uh, it's, it's really interesting because a job uh, that, uh, that pays uh, 10 cents uh, can be uh, much more profitable for us because it's clicked so much, then a job of 30, 40, 50, 60, uh, a dollar uh, per click, uh, you know, that, that makes, uh, if it makes sense what I'm saying. Yeah, no, absolutely it does. And I think, again, some of the folks that listen to these things really like to understand the technicals. And so getting an understanding of what that looks like, I think is helpful. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what kind of blocks adoption today. So as you think about um, enterprise use, as you think about the job seeker, you know, what is still blocking the adoption of platforms like JobRapido? How do you think about the spends that exist in the space? We, we mentioned kind of over-the-top spending versus aggregator spending versus some of the alternatives. Can you give a, a feel of what that looks like and, and what maybe some of the blockers are that exist in today's ecosystem? Yeah, yeah. Um, if you go to companies, the 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 um, the, the budget for recruitment for over-the-top players doesn't sit with the HR; it sits with marketing, and uh, so it's very split. Uh, so basically, what you what you so that also, um, but with a lot of companies, you see uh, um, uh, a lot of digital uh, uh, marketeers moving into the HR uh, department. So that helps a lot, but because. 
the, the traditional uh, HR and recruitment uh, uh, professionals don't know much about this uh, this world. Um, I think that's one of the one of the blockers. That's also why it didn't go as fast as in the shopping and the travel world because um, there it was already all about digital advertising. They just needed to adopt new uh, new techniques and, and and so on. That was much harder with uh, uh, with the HR world. That's now now happening. Um, and the way we are trying to tackle the the the, the obstacles, um, I can I cannot talking to to uh, HR professionals about a, pro a programmatic uh, recruitment solution is not uh, sure. something that that really works. Um, but if you so our proposition is we deliver you on demand qualified candidates, and there's two elements to it. Obviously, we deliver you qualified candidates. And we can do that because of our. Uh, technology of matching, uh, the way we um, uh, we deliver only uh, relevance to our our job seekers. That, that you know that they're the first thing that you know um, when I say qualified is not uh, um, pre-selected or selected or they're, they're they're qualified based upon the fact. Hey, they have shown interest in these kind of jobs uh, before. Uh, they have clicked on. They have saved and clicked these jobs. They have applied on these kind of jobs. And they are active, so yeah. a high high uh, risk of high uh, likelihood that they are interested in and in, in, in matching with your 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 job opportunity. Right. But then I deliver them also on demand. So what is happening a lot is that you know the post and pray thing is is really really bad for for especially in volume recruiting. Uh, it's 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 something that you know you need to overcome. So the on demand piece. Uh, is is highly attractive, and because they only pay for a result, they only pay for a candidate, the paper apply, uh, and not per click or whatever. Because our, our model is pure for for these for these uh, yeah. companies, they paper apply. Um, there's no risk, uh, and then of course I explain them that I will uh, create uh, a campaign which comprises of hey your job posting goes on our search engine result page. Uh, we will uh, do some text advertising to make sure that your audiences are targeted uh, uh, perfectly. We will do some display uh, if you uh, um, want to also see your brand uh, uh, to the right audiences. Uh, we will do uh, on-demand uh, uh, email campaigns uh, uh, where we extract your target group. Okay, you're looking for paralegals in uh, in uh, Manchester. Um, I have uh, here uh, a group of. Uh, of uh, 1,500 in a radius of 100 kilometers of uh, para, uh, paralegals uh, with a, a confidence score of 30%, I will send them this campaign. Yeah. And uh, and that's how it goes. And then I will bring them back to you. But they don't have to know that. They they, they will just see the results. Yeah. They will see the results. And, and that is what works. And that's why we, we're, we're full service uh, in, that, in, that, uh, in, that, in that sense. So um, uh, yeah, the obstacle is obviously to that they need to understand and you need to overcome that they don't need to understand. So that's the, and, and the whole market is moving towards uh, the performance-based model. Now, every uh, big recruiter is uh, looking at how conversion rates work, how uh, the apply rate is uh, and how it converts further. So that helps our adoption of our solution uh, much more. Yeah, 100%. I think, again, your point at the USP, which is the granularity of targeting, is, is pretty unbelievable relative to the folks that exist out in the ecosystem. So very interesting to hear the use case. Let me ask about COVID, because I think this is a space that had, and we were talking about it before the call even, had some significant effects given COVID and the facts on hiring. Um, you know, I think from our side, we obviously saw folks 
release a lot of people, make headcount cuts and make changes just given the conservative planning they were having. Um, I'll give you my view in a minute, which you've already heard, but I'll give it for everybody else. It'd be great to get your thoughts on, on how COVID affects the broader ecosystem and what that looks like that both historically and moving forward. Um, so, so from, well, I, I remember in, uh, what was it in, uh, I think it was March, March 7th or 8th or something, I woke up and I saw all of a sudden 40% of the traffic uh, <laughs> boom was down yeah. and, uh, and the jobs just poof, went down and then, uh, oh my God, what's happening? So everything froze. And that was for a couple of months really uh, uh, something that uh, um, hurt us really bad. But immediately we adopted um, um, a methodology we call uh, Plan Ahead, which is a McKinsey methodology where you split basically the team into uh, one uh, uh, takes care of the immediate uh, needs and, uh, and execution uh, of the crisis. And the other one starts already thinking about uh, all the steps uh, up to the return to the marketplace and, uh, sure. uh, and start to reimagine what's coming after and, and then start to validate if the broad direction of travel that you are doing with your company is still the right one. You know, we're, we're, we're delivering, uh, our mission is to become the Amazon for jobs. Uh, uh, we deliver on-demand qualified candidates. Is this still correct? even after COVID, and we think, yes, you know, uh, uh, we validated and we say, budgets will be shrinking, uh, uh, um, HR departments will be smaller, um, capacity will be, will be less, um, and, and, and uh, getting, getting, getting a, a value for your buck is, is usually important, so performance-based models are, are, are very attractive. So from that right. perspective, you know, it all fit. Um, so yeah, that's how we went in, and we saw saw it happening around us. Uh, everybody went through the through the same same uh, um, all job boards had the same uh, um, issues, all, all, all aggregators. Um, so yeah, but then I don't know if that's uh, if you want me to go already how it works when we get out. No, I think yeah, let's talk a little bit about the future. What do you think about recovery, and, and how do you think about that playing out down the road? And then you want to uh, um, know more from the marketplace, the ecosystem, or uh, from our side? Uh, more from the marketplace and the ecosystem in broad strokes, less so about you guys specifically. Yeah, so I, I think that uh, um, what we're currently seeing is that, so ba basically we are the barometer of the, of the, of the economy. Um, we are the first to notice. Uh, um, very often uh, um, you guys look at staffing companies and uh, uh, recruiters and uh, but sure. we are we are before you know I, I I can see the jobs coming in and uh, if they start posting jobs that's uh, that's the indicator yeah. yeah and and already in in August uh, I saw that uh, um, they were returning to the marketplace at first uh, the the um, the job boards and some very specific players you know the, the, right. the, the delivery uh, uh, companies uh, the, the Amazons and uh, all the digital companies that uh, are really taking uh, advantage of this uh, of this uh, uh, situation uh, but um, the budgets came in but not the jobs and um, about four weeks ago the jobs also started to come back to the marketplace and uh, not only in the in the with the usual suspects but uh, also across the board we saw we saw the jobs are growing um, it's still minus 20 25 percent year on year uh, if you look at the jobs but it's much better than what we saw in april and it was minus 40 50 percent in the, the number of jobs i think that uh, if we don't see uh, another um, another lockdown uh, uh, coming and especially here in europe i think that we 
uh, it looks like we got a it's not under control because every country, just like in the US, every state does different things. Also here, every country does different things. Uh, sure. but, but schools are opening up. You know, uh, my kids went to school on Monday and, uh, and uh, Milan is uh, very busy. Amsterdam is very busy. Uh, businesses, people start to go back to work. Uh, of course, we see that uh, uh, the, the infections start to grow again, but um, hospitals stay empty and, and, and that's good. So if that can continue, uh, I think that it can go very fast, uh, but it can also come to a stop. Let's yeah. hope that that doesn't happen. Um, but we all can benefit from that uh, um, uh, in our in our in our um, in our industry. Yeah, yeah. No, and I think I'll say what I said pre this call, which is that you know for us it's tied to the economy, right? You guys are very much macro correlated to the economic yeah. quality that's out there, and. I think we're at a spot now where globally the markets have recovered really significantly. Um, corporates, so big strategic acquirers and strategic hirers, went out and said, let's pull down every dollar or euro of cash that we can pull down. Uh, let's make sure that we plan for the absolute worst case scenario and figure out how bad it could be. And we'll make cuts accordingly now to make sure that we're safe and we don't affect the core health of the business. Um, and what they found out was it wasn't that bad, right? And that's a good thing to find out. Perhaps it wasn't as big of a dip as they thought. And so all of a sudden they've got a ton of cash on the balance sheet. The business is more effective and efficient than it's ever been before because the heads are out that were some of the fat. And the numbers are going in the right direction again in most industries, although obviously notable outliers that exist here. Then at the same time, share prices have performed in some sectors at levels that are far in excess where we were pre-COVID and others certainly at similar levels. And so I think now from a banking perspective, we look at the public markets and think, really high valuations, uh, whether or not those are fair is debatable. Uh, there's definitely a split now between public company valuation and private company valuation. We're seeing that wedge grow larger and larger. But a lot of folks are kind of holding their breath to think about what happens, right? And so if we're in a scenario now where these levels hold and certainly get to see the election in the US, some of the macro trends in oh, Europe yeah. as well, um, but the US election has a very significant effect globally. Um, but if we carry into 21 and the public company valuations remain at these elevated levels and companies keep going up and to the right, then hiring levels are going to be really heavy, right? I mean, I think what we're going to see is a, an overcorrection on the output side of getting rid of folks means there's also going to be an overcorrection with regards to hiring folks back. And so that's really great for the ecosystem and aggregate. But what exists, obviously, is a systematic risk, as it does for everybody else. But I think in this space is particularly pungent is that, you know, if it goes the other way and we either have secondary recurrences, we have a significant public company valuation correction, we see that revenue is difficult, um, and some of the key indicators economically, which today are performing fairly subpar, continue to degrade. You know, you're going to be right. in a spot where, as an industry, job volume is just going to come down, and there's naturally a volatility against revenue that exists there. And so, this industry is one that's very interesting. And, and over the last 10 years, right, or even the last five years, everything has been up and to the right without a blink. And so, it's really easy to continue to grow revenue when the number of jobs that are being posted grows and grows and grows. We see startups pay more and more and become attractive. So, you get a spread of where folks are hiring from. And so, all the good indicators that are there exist. And if it continues, I think we'll be in a really great spot. And so that's how we, we get a read. And it sounds like we're pretty well aligned with regards to what that looks like into 21 with, I think, a lot of risk that still exists and is just up in the air. Yeah, there's two things I want to say to that. There's a difference between the EU and the, uh, EU and the US. Um, sure. Because, you know, here you've got all these support packages from the government. Of course. Um, that still exist uh, also here in Italy. 
which which uh, prevented a lot of layoffs and also that's why there was not a lot of in- income loss and consumer spending kept up and that's why you see now very strong rebound in uh, in uh, in Germany um, uh, the Netherlands uh, but even in Italy it starts to happen and uh, a little less in Spain and France but uh, that that. As these support packages start to loosen up a little bit and become uh, um, a little bit more difficult to acquire, so only for the the, the more uh, hit companies, they are still using it because there is there is limitations to to using it, of course. Uh, also, the market starts to become more flexible of hiring, and uh, people are move, starting to move jobs, and people start to hire again. And I think that you can therefore come out even quicker where yeah. I now already see that the U.S. has a, a huge surge of jobs and on, on our website it's uh, it's really remarkable uh, we saw we saw 30 percent increase in jobs like month over month which is which is um, not seasonal you know it's it's uh, it's there and then the other thing is that uh, in our model and this is more specific to uh, I think uh, a job rapido um the moment that um well it's probably for the whole sector but it's the power of the um, uh, the power shifted from the job seeker to the employer yeah sure and 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 it's much easier now to acquire traffic yeah um and with us uh, there's 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 um we have a because because we try we we connect the offer, uh supply and demand uh we use a lot of google to acquire talent and being uh, to acquire talent and we use a taxonomy for that but there's an investment sure. uh, attached to that that attachment uh, can go down uh because our seo goes up our brand traffic goes sure. up all our natural sources go up and we can bring that down so that uh so in, even if the economy uh, uh goes sideways uh, that piece is uh, going up and that piece is going down so yeah 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 you mentioned the fiscal policy in the eu which i think is certainly relevant to businesses like yours and you know in the us we obviously had a very significant gift if you will to folks who made beneath the yeah. certain income and we had a bolstering of the unemployment right it's on a monthly basis the unemployment level in some cases were so high that it was actually more valuable for folks to be unemployed than employed and that okay. that begins to really shift the incentives of are you going to go out and look for a job or not um and, and we can debate politics on it but, but again that's where we ended up and the question became when that ended, which is now over, you know, what happens to job seekers when they go out to market? And we've seen a pretty significant drop with regards to unemployment rates, right? Back where we were in yeah. March, February, it's been a right. notable drop, if not even a historic drop. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, what we continue to think about in the U.S. is, you know, what, is that, what does that mean as we move forward here? You know, how does fiscal policy continue to affect uh, the ability to hire in the U.S.? And how does it affect the U.S. corporates? Now that a lot of that stuff is dissipating, but in aggregate, the U.S. has always been less aggressive with regards to fiscal support of the average citizen relative to some of the EU nations where, again, point to Germany or the Netherlands, particularly Germany as a prime example, which will say, look, we'll do almost anything, just keep them employed in place. And, and that's a very interesting thing to see. I was reading uh, something this morning in Bloomberg, I think, and looking at some of the data around job seekers. And I guess they just had a stat that we've now set a record high in the near term of folks who are actually leaving their jobs by choice, so effectively quitting to then go look for mobility. And that's a really good indicator of confidence with regards to the quality of the hiring market in an environment where I agree with you, the power has shifted back to the hirer, right? The actual company that's gonna hire an employee, but seeing folks leave jobs just organically and by choice indicates at least they believe there's a secondary opportunity that exists for them and that's a really good confidence indicator with regards to recovery at least in our view 
Yeah, yeah I, I think you're absolutely right. But every company is now being uh, judged on uh, how they behaved uh, during COVID. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, that, and that that causes the the huge churn that uh, that we're 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 starting to see right now. If you if you have created a very unstable and uncertain environment, uh, you're paying the price now. Yeah, yeah. And and I also think that working from home has changed the way folks think about things. Right. I think there's a all of a sudden, wow, I like this working from home idea. I'd like to do this more frequently. Do I really want to go back to an office or do I want to continue to be with my family in a small place? And of course, there are people who look at it and go, yes, I want to go back to the office as soon as possible. But there's other folks who say, no, I'd, I'd like to stay. So that's there. But I think churn is in general really good for the industry, right? As long as there's as long as there's hiring demand, right? As long as you have a continual flow of demand, then churn is great because it's more people that are out in the ecosystem for you to place. Make, makes us uh, makes the world turn for us. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember from my most period of time. You know, we would have marketing campaigns. Uh, uh, when when things were bad, we were incentivizing uh, employees to, you know, stay sharp, uh, move jobs. You know, do follow yeah. your. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then when then we went to the employers the other the other way around. So yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, let's, let's move to the last part, which is where do you think this is all headed, right? We've talked about where we are today. We've talked a little bit about where we're headed. But as you think about your thesis in the space, maybe it's for job rapid, or maybe it's for the ecosystem even more broadly, you know, where do you think about where are we headed? What comes next? What's the next evolution for the space? It's a big question, but it would be great to get your thoughts. Well, I think that... Um uh, it, it is it is something that has been happening and uh, but it goes slow sometimes and then a bit bit harder. If you think of the value line of uh, of hiring, the, the the highest value you can bring to an employer um, is the hire, right? And then, then preferably on demand, and then preferably it's someone that that fits your culture immediately, is immediately productive, and sure. stays forever. So that's the highest value. And if you look where we are, we're we're pretty down here um, with if you look at online recruitment it's still the pay-per-click is just well actually even in germany is not even accepted there's still uh, there's still a, a lot of uh, uh, post and pray and then uh, duration-based posting in germany what did i tell you about the germans <laughs> they're quite traditional but effective <laughs> but it's uh, but it's true so there's a there but it will move up the value line more and more and as we can measure better data becomes available better and we can connect this whole funnel all together um this is you know our main focus getting all these applicant tracking systems to connect to our system so that we can measure the full funnel and and prove that things uh, that the hire came from here and the cost per hire is being calculated you can calculate the cost per hire so i think in the end i don't think that you will outsource the hire but i think that the up till delivering um, uh, qualified candidates um, that are fully screened and and uh, and assessed, um, it's going to go up there, and then the company only needs to do the last interview and the hiring piece. Yeah. So that's where it's going, and and I think that platforms like ours are going to be playing a big big role in it. Uh, we haven't complete all the other industries have have completed the the. The, the focus on the transaction because that's what, what it's it's about right it's all about the transaction with us now the transaction is still on the application the application is the transaction where 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 in the shopping world it's the it's the buy you know the transaction is the is, 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 is the real buy um, we need to move the, the the real transaction up to the the hiring or the acceptance of a candidate for an offer and that's where it's going 
but we are not even there. We are not focusing, uh, all the companies that are still focusing on uh, everything that's before um, um, before the transaction, the real transaction between the, the job seeker and, uh, and the employer, uh, they need to move fast. So get there because that's, that's where we're, there's only the starting point, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there is a lot of room to run and grow, right? I think you're pointing out now, we are early in the evolution of what we ultimately want to get to. The thing that excites me, I think you're hinting at it, and I talked about it earlier, is really the idea that in aggregate, if you look at the industry, um, and Job Raptor, again, kind of being on the forefront of this, the use of data, particularly scaled data, is really poor, right? There is so much inefficiency, so many dollars or euros, whatever currency you want to name, that's just going into a terrible use of spend and kind of just being evaporated in the space. And some of that's pay-per-click, some of that is tradition, some of that's legacy, but you know, again, it just, there's a mess that, that happens there, a lot of inefficiency. And I think the, the antidote to that inefficiency is the ability to leverage data targeting. And that, uh, call it audience understanding in an open web setting, but the ability to say, look, I understand this person. Here's all the information I have about this candidate. Here's everything they're looking for. Here is kind of the pre-vetting that I did. And, that has to ultimately be fully automated, right? It's inefficient to think that there's a, a manual pre-screening process. It has to be 100% absolutely automated. And on the flip side, I think there needs to be a better understanding of what goes into the job post, right? You know, what do we know about this job with regards to the kinds of candidates that not only do we know have interest in this kind of job, which is great, but actually succeed in this job, right? Can we look beyond where we typically get stuck, which is typically the higher funnel to begin with? I agree with you. That first interview is normally where the data disappears. But can we either API integrate? Can we figure out how to get that data back so that we can get smarter both on the individual, right? And say, okay, here's an individual that went through the second round interview but didn't work, and here's why, in a quantified data way. And that's a really difficult linkage to make. But to flow it back, to get smarter in our CDP, if you want to call it that. But then also say, now that I look at this job post for a paralegal, like you mentioned, I know that the optimal candidate is two years of experience, probably comes from this background. They've had a really great experience with these kinds of candidates. But a lot of that happens beyond the view of a platform like Job Rapid today. So you have to figure out this kind of that. For me, you know, that ability to get as good as you can against the line, right? And I'm talking about a holy grail scenario that we'd be kidding ourselves to say it's an easy one to accomplish. I think it's a very difficult one that I'm laying out. It's not impossible. But moving along the line, you know, that ability to do really high quality data targeting, which ultimately means that you can go into an employer and say, look, you need 28 candidates. I've got 28 candidates. I have a very high level of conviction that these are super high quality and matches for you to a point where you can shrink down your hiring funnel and feel really good about the quality you're going to pay me for these and, and yeah. pay me for to do it. You know, that's where I get excited about, and that's where I think we're headed. And for me, the the key that exists, what we're missing today, is a few things. A, it's the data scale, right? Both first party and third party data, understanding the bake, what needs to go in there. Two, it's the linkage. I think the linkage is still relatively poor, particularly as we get into the higher funnel that typically happens at the corporate. That data is not flowing back, which is a challenge. And then lastly, I think the technology challenge that I'm laying out here is a big one and one that still needs to be evolved on. Again, I think about Job Rapido as being at the forefront of it, but there's more of a lift to be done here. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. But if you have those things, all of a sudden you become this very powerful, very efficient, very monetizable core that sits behind in a holy grail setting, all yeah. of America. No, no, absolutely true. And then, and um, it start, all starts with the data, of course. And, yeah, and uh, our data migration to the cloud was uh, was the first uh, uh, huge step that we needed to make. 
the, the, the other thing that you, it's companies sometimes, you know, you can bring the, the best qualified uh, uh, candidate to a company, but then yeah. why, why, why are they not being hired? Uh, or why are they not attracted to the company? And what we also provide, because we, I told you before, we are a sort of an agency, um, we show how are, they are competing, uh, how the companies are competing in a certain space. So again, let's go to Manchester. If, you, if you're hiring uh, a qualified accountant, uh, but you're asking for uh, too many skills, uh, yeah. uh, too low salary, uh, et cetera, we can show them how they are competing yeah. in that space uh, and what other companies that have maybe a better brand are asking and how they can optimize their and this is all data driven this is all 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 data driven we we basically write the the and um it's not to the point that we can automate it but we basically write the job description or at least the qualifications that they should ask if they want to be put in a high likelihood that they can attract the talent that they want yeah yeah i think one of the excuses that we hear a lot from platforms is it's qualitative, right? It isn't quantitative. We, we get a sense they either layer in a services component where it's heavy services and there's literally somebody who's going in there and holding hands and getting feedback on phone calls from people and it's not automated. Or they say, well, when you get into interviews, it's really difficult to capture the, the reason they're saying no, right? We can't understand why they're saying no. Right. And so we can't get it back, so we can't optimize. It's qualitative. And I think you guys have done a great job and you just pointed an example of quantitative data capture. Here is how data in a quantitative format when optimized can generate great outcomes. And you guys call it an agency or search, whatever it might be, but you know that is a really key differentiator and that's what needs to happen in the industry. And that quantitative data needs to continue to be stretched out all the way to hire. And that's just a, a change in the way HR thinks about things, the change in the way hiring managers want to go operate. And that that's a lift, right? That's just time. But Again, if you do that, then we're laying out the same scenario and it becomes super exciting. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, well, But we're not that far away. So I think that uh, it's closer than we think. Yeah, which is and, great. And, and we, yeah, we can, we can... The great thing is that you can just look at the other industries. You, you look at the travel industry. Well, and exactly. The, and the shopping yeah. industry. You just copy the... <laughs> Copy what they are doing. There's some nice playbooks out there for you. There's a nice playbook, yeah. Page one. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, Rob, this has been uh, this has been really a pleasure. I appreciate you being on the show. I think everybody's going to enjoy this, and uh, I really enjoyed the conversation with you. Same here, same here. Likewise, thank you for having me, and uh, well, talk next time. My pleasure.